Hi, I'm Mo. I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. It's time for another productive conversation, this time with Mo. I'm really excited to have this conversation because I get to talk to somebody who geeks out about productivity as much as I do based on the amount of time we spent in the space. See, Mo uh, is the CEO of Boomerang. There's 2 million savvy active users relying on Boomerang to spend less time on email, and now there's Boomerang scheduling, which we'll get into, but we get into a lot. We get into my love-hate relationship with email. We get into the idea of Inbox Zero, and whether or not Mo believes Inbox Zero is something that you should strive for. This is a fantastic conversation that is a productive one because you got two productivity geeks talking about productivity and email and all the things in between. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Mo. Mo, thank you so much for joining me. This is honestly the first time I've had someone on the program that has just a single name. It's like, I mean, I don't want to draw comparisons like Madonna or Cher or anything like that, but it's hard not to, to a degree. So right out of the gate, I mean, I know we're going to dive into the email conversation and so much and, and, you know, kind of your rise to where you're at now with mm-hmm. with Boomerang, formerly known as Baden, right? Like, I think there's still some connectivity there, right? Yeah, the company name is Baden. We yeah. just go by Boomerang because that's the product name and that's what we are known for. It's kind of like we're known as, I mean, we're we're morphing into MikeVardy.com, but mm-hmm. we're known as, and before it was Productivityist, but before that, but our official name is Productivityist Productivity Services, Inc., because it has yeah, to be yeah, exactly. right. So There's it's a like, yeah. Name. <laughs> so so explain to me why why the why the single name like why? Uh, uh, my full it, name is Amo, and mm-hmm. I came from Burma. We do not have a first name last name system. Everybody has their own unique name, and you kind of pick out which personal name that you go by with friends and family. So that's. That's how it works, and it's kind of a strange system because you don't really share any last name with any members of the family. Yeah, that is interesting. It's but so the the ties that bind are 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 more you know just the relationships that you forge, but it's not related to like there's no Vardy family. There's no exactly. That, that is, it that sounds is. strange, but it works. And yeah. I think Burma was originally a matriarchy, so it's kind of probably expresses somehow, you know. Through the okay. lack now, of I want to dive more. Now I want to dive more into, <laughs> into Burmese history. I want to dive into that because a matriarchy that mm-hmm. to me is fascinating. Um, it is. Yeah, that that is interesting. Um, you're you're now in charge of Boomerang, mm-hmm. right? Like, so your role. Can you explain you know, not only the role that you have there, but what fascinated you with what Boomerang does that kind of led you to where you're at now? So I have been a co-founder with Boomerang from the very beginning, but I was head of product. Um, The reason why Boomerang or why productivity in a larger format is I was that kid who always optimized my day and had these note-taking systems. I literally timed myself getting ready in the morning and figured out how to optimize to do it faster and better. So from that, you know, one, it was time to really think about, like, what I'm going to do with my life. It's just part of natural extension. I've been hacking on my own personal productivity for all my life. So, of course, that's what I'm going to do. 
Let's talk about email because and we before we jumped on the call, mm-hmm. uh, I did tell you that I have some very uh, polarizing isn't the right term, but I'm gonna it, it, I I have very um, opinionated thoughts on email and and I would love to get considering you you your business that's what what it was built on right I mean mm-hmm. we talk, we jokingly talked about the email game yes uh, that was which I you know back when I was writing for Life Hack and and had contributions to Life Hacker I remember seeing that going this is this was really the first form of gamification, I think, when it came to productivity, right? Like, so let's touch on that first, like, because I think that the gamification of email has, it's still there, but it's done in a very, in a very subtle way. But I would like to touch on, because obviously as a co-founder, the email game, you were there, like you were, so what was the impetus for that? Because I'd like to, and then we can dig into deeper into the boomerang evolution and, and so on. Yeah, so at the time, in in a funny way, both email game and boomerang were kind of built parallel, like right. at the same time. And the reason we did was because their email has a bad rap, right? By the time twenty ten came around, everybody hates email, dealing with email, and gamification was all the rage at the same time. But we were also thinking, like, how do we make it more fun, mm-hmm. and how do we make it implemented? in a way so that it's a one-touch system, right? We all know the 43 folders and all the people who are, like, getting things done, right, David yep. Allen? They are, like, philosophy and teachings are there, but there was nobody who actually built and make it possible for you to actually implement the one-touch system. Right. So we wanted to make it so that it's fun. You see the email. So it's only one email at a time. You have to make a decision and you get either penalized or rewarded for making a decision and moving on to the next email. And the timer and the game and points were just mostly to see, you know, would that make it less painful for people? The cue reward thing, right? Like the Mm -hmm. cue, the action and the reward, right? Like people love to get, I'm in a, I'm in a cohort right now as we are, um, recording this conversation called ship 30 and it's a digital writing cohort. Uh-huh. And one of the things they give is badges. When you hit a certain accomplishment, yes. you get a badge and everyone uh-huh. wants to get all the badges, right? We've even implemented them to a degree inside of my time crafting trust community. People love the reward aspect, yes. which leads to inbox zero. You mentioned 43 folders. You mentioned, which is Merlin Mann's uh, baby. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned David Allen getting things done. Who David's been on? I've had many conversations with David over the years. Merlin and I've had a few as well. Um, inbox zero. You know what inbox zero meant when it was first coined. It does not mean that now. Yeah. How? Uh, this is where I get fr- I get frustrated. I, because I don't it- believe it. Inbox zero. My inbox oh, okay. is never zero. Okay, so it's, <laughs> that's but, not why but, we build boomerang, <laughs> right? But but to to your point, inbox zero isn't about getting your email to zero either, at least not in its initial phase. So no. I've talked about it. I love to hear, like so you don't get your email inbox to zero in the current phase, but do you get your email inbox to zero in the way that Merlin Man coined the phrase? The active items that you need to deal with. Yes, occasionally. I think for me, now that I have stepped into the CEO role, it has been harder than when I was head of product because I'm more externally facing and I generally just get more like, I don't know how to put it, kind of the, you know, they are not exactly spam, but they are not 
real email either. It's halfway where I have to kind of make a decision to engage or not. And those things can tend to kind of float around. And like, I don't really want to boomerang it because I don't just want to punt it. And then I still have to make that decision at some point anyway. Mm -hmm. So I have kind of a, every week I have about two sessions where I'm going to deal with email to a inbound zero in the sense that I have handled everything that needs to be handled and made decisions necessarily mean like no emails in my right. inbox. Yeah. So, so then that leads to my next question is, do you think that the current meaning, which is not what it really was intended to, I'll keep going back to that, of inbox zero is a solid productivity measuring stick for people? No, I think it's kind of a fool's errand. You keep chasing this unsustainable state and you put more effort into maintaining the state than it serves you, right? Because we do all these things so that we can perform our job functions, whatever that may be. And if it's not adding to that and adding more stress and time, Trying to maintain this unsustainable state. You can't get the other, you you can't get your other stuff done. It's, right. It, it, it's exactly. like you're trying to plug holes, and meanwhile, there's like yeah. you're, It's like you were saying earlier, like we were talking about kids, and uh, it's like you trying to like plug holes in a dam, and your and your young child is like, "Can you feed me, mom?" No, no, I've got to plug these. And then your kid is starving, right? Like you're not paying yeah. attention to things you should be paying attention to. Exactly right. Like, does it make you a better CEO just because your inbox is zero? I don't know. Like. There are some advantages to not leaving your inbox a complete pigsty, right? Like you don't want sure. it to be so that you can never know what's important, what needs to be done, what's coming up. But no, I don't think the obsession with Inbound Zero has not served a lot of people. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. So let's talk about Boomerang and how it actually, 
can make it so that inbox zero, this, this unattainable, not sustainable goal. I think boomerang is, is a way to kind of, it's a mechanism to allow you to almost get that feeling of zero without actually quote achieving it. Does that make sense? I think some people might boomerang a bunch of things just so that they can have that inbound zero yeah. for an hour or so. Sure. But I don't think that's the primary use case or how people use it, at least from, you know, our conversation with our customers. Okay. Um, most of our customers are boomeranging things to the time that they will actually need it, right? So the conversation, the email that we confirmed is... <laughs> podcast was sent to us several months ago and yep. I have a boomerang the day before. And then I email you and like, Hey, Mike, confirming everything is good. That's the type of use case that's generally why our customers are using and paying for boomerang. And, and the, I, I'm glad you brought that up because we'll go to the getting things done methodology that David Allen's talked about and getting, having as few in what, what's his quote, I think is have as little few inboxes as possible to as many as you need or something like that. Mm-hmm. What boomerang does is it allows you to not put things in a to-do list app mm-hmm. that would over clutter the to-do list app, right? Yeah. Like you, mm-hmm. you could have very easily forwarded that email to a to-do list app, like Todoist or yeah. Asana or mm-hmm. ClickUp or whatever, but then it's there with everything else. Yes. And so you need to make decisions around, hey, I've received this email, whether it's a task or a resource, it doesn't matter, information. That's the thing. The distinction doesn't matter. It's yeah. more about I need to decide when yeah. I and need to I see need this to again. I need to remember at the right, right. time. Right. Because it's like right. offloading your brain and mental capacity more than the actual thing. Right. So let's get into the idea of snoozing email, which I think if I remember correctly, um, at least through my journey, um, was almost like a response to Boomerang in a lot of ways. I don't think that snoozing existed before Boomerang did. No, I, I consider us the original inventor of snooze. We just yes. call it Boomeranging. We didn't call it snooze because I, I felt like snooze had a little bit more of a, you know, procrastination <laughs> You know, meaning to it. Or like people think about like the snooze button when you wake up, you snooze. So we were like, okay. And then the the concept of like boomerang because, okay, it comes back instead of something that needed to be snoozed over and over. So that was mostly our like nomenclature and the concept is exactly we invented snooze. And it's an active decision. It's snoozing is often done very like if you're talking about from the alarm clock perspective, it's done rather haphazardly. It's not yes. done in a deliberate fashion. Right. If you're going to chuck a boomerang, you're going to do it in a very deliberate way. Exactly. Not that I've ever chucked one, but no. you know, but, but, the, <laughs> but it's so so how as somebody who's been involved with boomerang since the start and in your role now, how do you feel because I've seen like you're not the first uh, you know, um, software as a service in, in a lot of ways to have these things kind of co-opted yeah. into other that's, yeah. and not only that, but 
I mean, you, there is Boomerang for Outlook. There's Boomerang for Gmail. Like, like you can integrate it. Mm-hmm. But how does it feel to? I mean, it's got it's got to be a, a bit of a uh, not a, not a pain point, but it's got to be either a point of pride or a point of frustration to a degree that it's like, hey, these things have now integrated the very thing that we invented, and we're not getting the notoriety for it. We're the, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> we live in the space, so I knew. I mean, I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely want to talk to Mo about Boomerang. But how does that? How, how do you how do you rise above? Thing, how do you make sure that you let people hey hey we did this? Not that, <laughs> not that you're concerned about it, but it does. I, I get it. I think you you hit it like right on the head. Right, is both a pride of you know a point of pride and a point of pain. A point of pride is that even if I you know don't do anything anymore in my career, that is a thing that we have done that has made a mark in the world, right? right. It's not just an email now. It has, it's now in Slack. It's on Trello. Many productivity systems now have a way to resurface an item at the right time. And right. that has this incremental gains for billions of people, right? So right. that is a point of pride. Even if I don't get credit for it or, you know, monetary compensation for it because we didn't think to file a patent, right? Um, And we were a bunch of engineers who just like to build what we like to build. So we want, you know, very savvy about how these things work. And a point of kind of pain and frustration in a little bit, but at the same time, like, people know how to do it. People know how to use it. And for, you know, and I, I'm sure you you know this, like you've been building some systems and tricks and things to yep. make yourself more productive. The more people use it, the better it is for everybody. And you Absolutely. kind of feel like, I'm glad people know. I think the frustration was at the early on when we were trying to educate people why you might need it. And that part was an uphill battle. And I'm glad that we found that fight because now everybody can enjoy it. Well, and, 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 and this brings my point about the, my bone of contention with email. It's not email that I have a problem with. It's no. the users. It's people <laughs> yes. who, <laughs> it's, it's, it's human. like, I'm, humans are humans. Yeah, well, it's true. There was no, it, again, back to being a parent there. It's not like when you have a kid, they go, here's the manual and here's how you're supposed to do it. You, you learn from watching others and maybe getting other, but email was I mean, it, sure, I'm being a bit reductive, but it's kind of the same. When email was first, you know, created and then en masse given to the public, it wasn't like here, okay, this is something you should probably text. Oh, wait, we don't have texting yet, so never mind. Like, mm-hmm. or this is something you should instant message. Like, I mean, there's nothing, you mentioned some of these emails that come in that aren't spam, but they're not like the things that are meaty, that that you're gonna, they're more like the, hey, you know, welcome to happy Monday. Welcome to the office. Here's what's going on this week. And you're like, uh, or even just the innocuous, I have to get the last word in on this email thread kind of deal there. It's, it's, if there was some training around this and and by the way, I, there's a, um, a previous episode that we had, Prashant Nair talks about the stack method, which I think is a fantastic way to process email, Mm -hmm. whether you want to use a tool alongside it or not. I mean, I use SaneBox in in conjunction with, like there's lots of email tools that can help you with this. But to your point, and you mentioned this, humans are humans. At the end of the day, it's human behavior that can make email problematic. So with Boomerang, if someone was going to sign up for Boomerang today, and we're going to talk about Boomerang scheduling too, because mm-hmm. that's a whole other, you know, arena yeah. that we're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone's starting with Boomerang now. 
Um, and they don't, they, they're like, I've heard about boomerang. I want to use it. Some of the key points that they need to do to make their email experience great for them, but also great for the people that they're sending the emails to. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Yes, I think that's the major fundamental difference between us and other email companies, right? Because a lot of the email tools optimize for their user because that's the user who pays them. Sure. They never really think about the counterparty, the person on the other end of the ecosystem. And like, if you think about it, email is the less open protocol we have in our digital communication, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we don't want it to really be a bad experience because then that's bad for the ecosystem. And when we think about meeting scheduling, that's like my main concern because, you know, all these new meeting scheduling evolution, right? Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, let's make a link and just send it to the other person. They handle it. Basically, you offload the scheduling work to the recipient. Mm -hmm. And we sat down and like, is that the right experience we need to be promoting and encouraging right. and calling it productivity, right? Mm -hmm. We wanted to think about the person who's getting that meeting invite or, hey, how do we find the time? And think from their point of view. If I was that person, what would I want to like receive in the email? And we kind of push the boundary of the technology to make sure that we can send you a live image in your email with specific time that they can just one click accept, right? So, and then we even think about, hey, if you are the recipient and you kind of want to actually overlay your own schedule from the time that they gave me, you can do that. And... That part was not easy like for us to really kind of like think about how do we send a live image that slide to the time that you open it. So let's say, you know, especially Canadian and Europeans who actually take summer vacation, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I send an email to somebody in Europe and they are off for August, right? And when they come back in September, first week of September, the time that I gave are actually up to date and they go forward from September 4. So they never have to be like, oh, mate, those times that you gave are out of date. Can you give me new times? That you know mm -hmm. that back and forth dance. We try to eliminate it by thinking through the lens of what does it make a more respectful, equitable, and speedy experience for both sides. So it it's interesting. I, I've had scheduling links that I've sent to friends before. More right. often than first off, some th here's one barrier, yeah. and this is something that I think you would address, especially because it's built into um, a program that kind of 
you know, like what you've got going on that people are already adopting into. So they bought into it a bit. But I remember, and, and Cal Newport addresses this in his book, A World Without Email, the idea of, well, who am I to give you a link? Like, that it almost seems like an arrogance, which is not true. It's yeah, it's a, but it's not why you intend to. But no, it but it's could a be bias. Interpreted. Yeah, right. Yes. So that's number one. So once you get past that, that's okay. But then you're right. The interpretation. And I remember sending one. I finally got past that that pain point, that friction mm-hmm. point. But then because I didn't finesse it enough. Mm-hmm. So here's here's the human error, uh, Mike. I'd love a uh, hey. Uh, so I would send it, I, I could tell you, I sent it to a friend of mine and said, I'd love for you to be on this podcast. And he goes, oh. great. Uh, and I said, okay, here's a schedule. Here's my booking link. Go ahead and pick a time. And he was like, but you want me to be on your show. Right. And and I was like, oh. So I had this tool that I thought, this is really great. It's going to help make it easier. But the nuance of the and the finessing of the messaging didn't allow like he I mean luckily it's a close friend he was not, he was like Mike you might want to think about this going yes. forward I'm like and then, you're you know, right he was close enough with you yes. to kind of push back right if right. somebody not close enough they might just be like hey I'm just going to walk away then that would be a a guess that you might not have booked I think there's like a weird hidden power dynamics in all our communication that yes. we need to pay more attention to and now that like everybody's remote and we don't see each other in person it's become even more important well, and I think that's why the tools are so helpful. That's yes. where the tools come in. They yeah. allow you to go, okay, but <laughs> fools rush in, right? Like, oh, I've got the shiny new tool. We're recording this right now, literally after Apple, I think, announced their iPhone 14. I'm pretty sure that's what they announced. I haven't paid attention. But people are like, I've got to get the new phone. I've got to get this thing. They get the new phone. The new phone has everything already set up the way that the phone provider wants it, not necessarily the way that you want it. Mm-hmm. And you just go in and start using it without going, hold on. You know, it'd be like getting a new car mm-hmm. and <laughs> getting a new car and then going, well, the seats are this way, so I'm going to leave it this way. And the the radio is programmed this way, so I'm going to, no, I mean, some of it you will need to do later. You may not worry about the radio right away, but you're probably going to worry about the mirrors and the mm-hmm. seat and the things that you need to actually, you know, operate it in the optimal way, which in this case would be safe. You, I, yeah, I think you have to do this with all this stuff, don't you? You do, I think, but the premise of these scheduling links are just that, you know, I send you the link, which is one click for you. Yes. Uh, for the other part, you click it, you open the tab, you look at the schedule, you type in your name, your email address. So there is, you know, the, the friction. That there is the imbalance of effort required on like parties, which way mm-hmm. it hangs. And that's what we're trying to make is like, to click for you to send, right? You're in email, yep. you click, click, it's in there, the image is there. The recipient is also to click, they click the time and then they're done. They don't have to type in anything more. So I think for us, it's like, we want to push the hard work onto the technology mm-hmm. instead of the other party, right? Okay, so here's here's a here's an interesting. So how does it feel this time to be maybe reinventing the wheel rather yes. than inventing it? I think it's a little bit easier. Like, I am so glad we are entering an existing category instead of creating a new category from scratch. Um, right. There is budget in companies to, you know, for meeting scheduling is already out there. So I'm very thankful that they are pioneers who did that for work for us. Now we're just saying, hey, here is a better tool right? Here is a better way to book meetings. Here is a way to show respect to the guests. Here is a way to like 
for salespeople, like they care about number of meetings that they can book. So, hey, you can get 120% more meeting. Like we have a baseline to compare it against you instead of going from, I don't know what this thing is, which is what we had with Boomerang. It's like, I don't know what this thing is. Why should I pay for you? Now mm-hmm. we're like, oh, you have this thing. We make it better for you. And, you know, it's either comparable or cheaper than what you're paying. So it's in a business standpoint, marketing standpoint, we don't have to climb the uphill battle. And from the user experience and stuff, it's a lot easier to design because people already have the mental model of what it means, right? So we just, I think I I love it because like it's so much easier. (laughs) I would mow growing up being the organized, you know, super optimizing, productive kind of person, look up to Mo today. How would she feel about all the stuff that, you, that you've helped build today? I think she would be pretty proud, um, mainly because, you know, being that productivity nerd, like, oh, these are the tools you make available for everybody. And it, actually, I was a lot more, um, I don't know, like... I think I waste more time now than <laughs> when I was a teenager. <laughs> she would be like, you're pretty efficient, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know what David Allen said? He built getting things done because he's lazy, right? So, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's almost like, and I think it's it, it's interesting because when we first get into this game, because you've been in it as long as I have for sure, mm-hmm. 15 years or, yeah. you know, and that mm-hmm. uh, we do it because we want to, be more productive. Like that's what, and then over time, it's like, we want to create frameworks that allow us to have that spontaneity within the framing that we've got. So productivity was maybe the the driving or the way productivity was. I think productivity is, mm-hmm. has had a bit of a reframe or needs a reframe. But now we're at this point where it's like, we have these systems and frameworks and tools in place so that we can go for a walk in the middle of the day and not feel bad about it. So that we can spend time with our, like the, the, yeah. the ends. I think ha- having me- kids definitely mellow me out too. And sure. understanding this work is not everything and whatever you need to do for your life that's important to you, do you have time for that? Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. build and design the systems and your day and week so that it's most fulfilling for you, which is very personal and which is also changing all the time, right? What's most fulfilling for me today is very different from what's most fulfilling for me 10 years ago. And, and I think it will continually when, yeah. changing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mo, this has been a great conversation. And I know you and I could talk much longer because we could geek out about productivity for hours, but I want to be respectful of your time and our listeners' time. Where can people learn more about Boomerang and especially this new new component, Boomerang Scheduling? Uh, We're at boomerangapp.com. So when you go there, you'll find all this uh, whole suite of different products we make for um, different platforms. And Personally, I'm on Twitter at AMO, A-Y-E-M-O-A-H. Thanks for having a productive conversation with me today. Let's do it again real soon. Thank you, Mike. Big thanks to Mo for joining me on the program today. We could have kept going. In fact, we did. We kept going for about 15 to 20 minutes after the fact, but you'll get all the information, links, everything uh, in the show notes, which you can find at productivityist.com slash podcast. 
five. And if you want to hear all of our previous episodes quickly, easily, we've had amazing guests, David Allen, who I mentioned, uh, you know, we've had Cal Newport, who was also mentioned during the conversation. Subscribing to the podcast makes it easy to catch up on episodes you've missed, as well as make sure you don't miss a future episode of what's to come. And we've got an episode from the vault coming next week. A person who I had a chance to hang out with once again, when I was in Portland in this summer of 2022, Josh Kaufman. I'm really excited to have him back on the program uh, as we revisit that episode. You don't want to miss that one and anything that's coming down the pipeline. As of right now, we have episodes mapped out until early 2023. Subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss one. Before I go, big thanks to our sponsors. Those you heard on this episode, you can find all of the details around them, any of the offers and such at productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors. Do that now. And now it's time for me to bid you farewell for another week. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.